Hey guys, welcome to Dark Vale. We're your hosts, John and Tori. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We are not professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one is perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill! Welcome to Dark Veil. Vale. My name is Tori. And my name is John. All right. So this week we are talking about um, a few different things. So today we're going to talk about two tragic things that happened with like celebrities or people involved with the film industry. Yeah. Things, real life things that happened. To a couple people. So, um, you know who Brandon Lee is, of course, right? Yeah. He is the son of Bruce Lee, yep. who was... Easily oh. mistaken for uh, Jason Lee. No, honey, that's no. only you. <laughs> when this is a mistake I made earlier. <laughs> yeah, when I told you about my idea, you were like, oh yeah, that's Jason Lee, right? And I was like, no, that's the guy off My Name is Earl, honey. <laughs> yeah. No. Um... So Brandon Lee is the son of Bruce Lee, who was a very well-known martial arts guy and a philosopher and an actor. And most people know him as an actor. Yes. Who knows the best moves in martial arts. So for people who aren't familiar, do you know how Bruce Lee died? Um... I want to guess, but I don't know if I'm confusing his death with his son's death, and I don't want to throw out a spoiler by accident. Okay, so Bruce Lee died fairly unfortunately, too. Yeah. He died when he was young, and I think he was, like, around, like, 42. Yeah. And he actually had a headache and took a painkiller that a friend gave him. And complications from being allergic to something in the medication he took actually caused him to die. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, I had no clue. So I would have given away a spoiler. Um, That's crazy. I feel like his friend that gave him that pill that thought it was going to be completely harmless was probably absolutely destroyed by that. Yeah, probably. But I think back then, I think it was in the 70s when he died. Yeah. And I don't know if they had the same understanding about painkillers and other things as they do now. Like, I think it would have been fairly common to just give somebody... Because this wasn't just like a Tylenol. This was... I can't remember what it was. It may have been something like aspirin mixed with a narcotic. Oh, I see. 
like an like a true painkiller. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, um. They think he had some sort of allergy to it, and it actually caused his brain to swell thirteen percent. Oh shit! Yep. Um. But that's how he died. So that was really unfortunate and completely out of the blue because he was like a healthy person, right? Oh, yeah. So you bet. unfortunately, his son, Brandon Lee, also had um, a very surprising and out of the blue type of death. All right. So Brandon Lee was an actor like his father, except for... I don't know what you're signaling me. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you not to read that, honey. Remember I said I want you oh, to... Oh, I... It's too far away, don't worry. Okay, I just want your natural reaction. Yeah. Because I know you pretty much know the story, but you don't actually know the specific details surrounding it, so... I need the deets. Um, you did it. You're young. <laughs> I thought I was sitting by a, a young teenage boy. Young and hip. There. The deets. The deets. Um, let's... Agree to never say that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> he was an actor, and he, on purpose, tried not to be a martial artist-type actor, because he didn't want to get typecast and stuff. Yeah. However, he did <clears throat> actually end up doing one or two movies where he was doing some martial arts, but... um. He wanted to be seen like separate. So he was in a very famous movie yep. that people from our generation probably consider a cult classic at this point called, oh, yeah. called The Crow. Yep. Great movie. So you liked it? Yeah, I really liked it. I liked The Crow and watched it before, but truthfully, um, I had to read the plot over again on the internet to remember everything about it. Oh yeah, I would absolutely have <laughs> to as well. <laughs> I just remember really liking it. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> I remember there, it was night and there was a lot of rain and yep. I, I can't remember anything else. <laughs> that's exactly what I remember. So <clears throat> for those of you who need a refresher or for those of you that don't know about the crow, um, a really loose plot is um so him and his girlfriend it's it's uh like october 30th and him, him and his girlfriend they're gonna get married the next day and stuff and um they basically get murdered both of them and his girlfriend gets raped and so they both die and then like a year later He's resurrected because a crow did something magical. And then he becomes like the human form of like a crow. And he's seeking revenge, basically. And um, so then he like sets out to find his killers. And that's pretty much the premise of the movie. Um, so that makes me want to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the, like, original trailer for it. Oh, did you? And I was like, man, because I think it was made in, like, 92 or 93. Yeah. And watching the trailer, I was like, fuck, this looks good even now. Like, in today, like, if this was a new movie coming out. Yeah. That looks good. Oh, man. 
I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so The Crow, as a movie, had quite a few negative things happen on set while filming the movie, including a crane hit some power lines. Ooh. Um, an ex-crew member who was mad drove their car into, like, part of the set. Jesus. Uh, there was a very bad storm that ruined, there was also a very bad storm that ruined much of their outside setup for their set. So, like you were also saying, like, they, when you were saying you remember it was filmed in the rain. Yep. That's true. And I was also, I also learned that when it wasn't actually naturally raining they had like a rain machine or something like they made fake rain for it yeah which made the conditions fairly hard for brandon lee because he had to be brandon brandon lee Whew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said it wrong. um which made some sometimes made some of the conditions hard for him because he was literally in the rain for however many hours oh they yeah were. just constantly soaking wet yeah so, <clears throat> Brandon Lee was filmed during the, or filmed, he was filmed during the movie. Oh, that makes sense. I don't so. know if you've ever heard about that, but, you know, when they make movies, sometimes they get filmed. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Lee was killed during the filming of this movie. Yeah. And this happened because a prop gun had appeared to have shot a real bullet. But that's not what happened. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. So, I'll go back and explain it in a second. But he was shot in the abdomen. <clears throat> and me. Brandon Lee ended up dying in the hospital around 12 hours after he was shot. So, he did live for a length of time, but they couldn't save him. Yeah. Uh, so, during his autopsy, they found a forty-four caliber bullet... Uh, in him okay yeah so the this is what happened the prop guy for the movie or one of the prop guys anyway um he'd bought some live rounds and he actually took them to the movie set and because they don't use live bullets in movies yeah he took them out and put them in his car okay and I know what you're thinking. Somehow, one of those bullets made its way back into the gun. No. <laughs> That's not what happened. That's not what happened. <clears throat> kind of, but not quite. All right? Yeah. So, it's kind of a crazy set of events that led to this. Um, so, he, he took the bullets out, of, out to his car. But they ended up needing to film a scene where there was a close-up of them loading the gun. And they needed to load the gun with bullets that looked real. Because there's a difference between blanks and real bullets, yeah, right? Yeah, they obviously so, don't so, have a bullet in the shell. Well, blanks have different tips on them, too. Because when they get shot, something still comes out. So they actually change the lead tip to a cardboard tip or to something oh. less um, ouchy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a technical term. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So to load a blank into the gun for a close-up scene, it wouldn't have looked real. Yeah. Right? So they took one of those bullets out of his car. One of the real ones. But it didn't happen the way you're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) And I know this because when I was reading this, I was like, all right, all right. So they accidentally put the real bullet in there and then left it. And then he shot it. No, that's not what happened. Hmm. So they took the real bullet. Yeah. And they made it into what is called a dummy bullet. And a dummy bullet is different than a blank. Because a blank just has... It doesn't have a real projectile, but it has the firing power. So it's got like gunpowder, something gunpowder like. Yeah, so you still see the blast coming out yeah. of the muzzle of the gun. But a dummy bullet is one that has, it's like a, it's, I, I think I read that it, it was, it gets shot, it's called a dry shot because it doesn't have the gunpowder in it. So it's almost the exact opposite. Okay. So it doesn't have the firing power in it. Yep. <clears throat> so they made it into a dummy bullet so that they could load it into the gun. Because for this scene, they weren't sh- necessarily shooting the gun. They just needed a shot where someone was loading the gun. Right? Yeah. So they took precautions and they made a dummy bullet that looks on the outside exactly like a real bullet. It just doesn't actually fire. Yeah. So they, st- <clears throat> they stuck me. that in there. Right? And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking they didn't make the dummy bullet right. They didn't modify it properly and then he got shot. That's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. What happened? And I'm not trying to laugh about this. But no, I know. I feel like everybody's thoughts are going the way mine originally did. Um, but that's not what happened. So what happened is, is that they stuck that dummy bullet in there and... um They shot their scene or whatever, but what they didn't realize is, is that the tip, the lead tip of that bullet got lodged in the gun when they did it. And so two weeks later, okay, they are using the gun again to film Brandon Lee getting shot by blanks and they load it blanks into it. Yeah, but they had the firing power. Yes, but they had the combo of firing power from the blanks and the actual lead tip that was lodged in the gun, which basically made it it was a the real bullet. The perfect recipe for a real bullet when it really wasn't, right? And nobody could see it coming because they didn't realize there was a lead tip lodged in the gun. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, so the power from the blank pushed the lead tip out and he was shot and he died jeez and it's that's sad it's really really sad and it honestly shouldn't have happened but the way the events played out they make sense for a movie because you would want the dummy round for the close-up yeah and um, what I was reading is that they would have or should have had a gun expert on there watching their every move and then inspecting the gun afterwards, which yeah. probably obviously didn't happen. But <clears throat> back in the early 90s, I feel like they didn't have the gun safety 
rules and regulations that they do now for yeah. pretty much anything. Exactly. It's the, the truth is too, it's accidents like that that happen that nobody saw coming. And it was a, a simple, um, messed up. Like somebody didn't inspect the gun after or what have you that create rules and regulations that, yeah, you know what I mean? Like even in the industry I worked in and electrical, the reason there was all these safety rules and regulations were because all these different accidents happened. Yeah, exactly. That is just, to me, it's a real unfortunate chain of events that yeah. added a real, added up to a really specific bad thing happening. But they actually didn't charge anybody with negligence or anything else because of the way it happened. Like it was legitimately super accidental. Yeah. And I know that there's a conspiracy going, you know, like the curse, the crow set was cursed. I've, yeah. I've read and heard that. I've also read and heard that because there are people that think his father, Bruce Lee, was killed by some gangsters or something. And then they came back to kill his son. Like, there's a whole bunch of conspiracies. Yeah. But the truth is, is that the... The simple story of what happened makes the most sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I just thought I, I just wanted to note something else. So in the movie, The Crow, um, Brandon Lee gets, or The Crow character, yeah. he gets killed right before his wedding, right? And in real life, I read that Brian Lee was actually set to marry his girlfriend one week after they were done making the film. Oh, jeez. That's really sad. Yeah. So those kind of paralleled each other a little bit. Not yeah. quite, but... Yeah, still, that's pretty close. Yeah. All right. So the next one I have is... And it's the last one I have. And this story is very... It, <laughs> honey. I'm... Uh... Just looking at the brightness of the screen. You were reading my words. Here. I caught one word. That was All it. right. <laughs> so Judith Barcy. Do yeah. you, does that name ring a bell? Not at all. All right. So I briefly <clears throat> told you this story a while ago, but I don't think you'll remember it. Um, so there was a little girl who was 10 years old that... Um, she was in over 70 commercials. She was in over 70 commercials. Jeez. She was in a lot of different TV shows. Uh, she didn't star in them, but she was uh, like a character. I don't know what the... Like she just made cameos? In yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was also in Jaws the Revenge. She was in The Land Before Time. She was actually the original voice of Ducky. Oh, and nice. she was Anne Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, good movie. Don't remember who Anne Marie is. She's the little girl. She's the main character in the movie. Oh. Well. She's Charlie's best friend. Oh. That's. <laughs> I'd have to watch a trailer for that one too. And I laugh <laughs> right now, but it's none of this story's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a sad story. So. Judith Barcy 
was born on June 6, 1978, and she died on July 25, 1988. She had just turned 10 when she died. Oh, that's sad. So young. She was born in Los Angeles, California. Her parents were named Joseph and Maria. She was in over 70 commercials and TV shows, as well as Jaws, The Revenge, The Land Before Time as Ducky, and Anne-Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven. One of the TV shows... Oh, I don't know why I put that right there. No, I'll read it. One of the TV shows she was in was a miniseries called Fatal Vision. And it was a true story about a man who murdered his wife and children. It was oddly close to what happened to Judith in real life. Oh, really? Yes. Judith was murdered by her dad. Oh, jeez. Her dad's name was Joseph, and he had a first wife before he met her mother, who divorced him because of domestic violence. After his divorce, he met Maria, who was Judith's mom. And Joseph was an alcoholic. And it is said that when Judith's career started taking off, he felt the pressure to be more successful and make more money, but things just went more and more out of control at home. So Judith Barcy was at the point where, and I might be saying her last name wrong, and I hope I'm not, um... She was at the point at 10 years old where she was making about $100,000 a year. Damn. In the 80s. So... That's a ton of money. Yes. So it's believed that her dad was... Because he was a very, like, proud person. Yeah. And he was also an alcoholic. Those are kind of a bad combo. Yeah. And she was making a lot of money. And so then he felt pressured to be more of a provider. He also um, had a real habit of performing domestic violence on his on pretty, pretty much anyone he was in a relationship with. So Judith's mother was his wife, right? And she she was a target for a lot of violence. And this little girl saw all of it, pretty much. Oh. Um, so he felt more and more pressure to be successful. And then things went more and more out of control. He was arrested at least three times for drinking and driving because he just couldn't put the drinks down. Like, and things have changed over the years because I know in the 80s, it wasn't like the six, the sixties and seventies, but in the eighties, they people had far more tolerance for letting people drink and drive. Oh yeah. Than they do now. So if he was arrested three times for doing that, he must have been very belligerent and obvious and very unsafe. Because I know when I was a kid, like I was fortunate when I grew up. When I was growing up, my parents never drank. I didn't have to worry about getting in a car with drinking parents. Yeah. Um. But I remember being at like family functions or like social gatherings and adults would have drinks and just drive home. Like it wasn't, there wasn't people taking each other's keys like they do now or calling designated drivers. Yeah. Right. 
And I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying it wasn't kind of the norm. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely less common. And so he got arrested three times for drinking and driving. Around 1986, Joseph started to abuse his wife and daughter and threatened them both that he was going to kill them if they tried to leave. So I read in a few different places that when Judith, the little girl, when she was filming Jaws, they had to go to, I believe it was the Bahamas. And yeah. that's where they were for like several months while they were filming Jaws. And he stayed at home. And I read that he went into Judith's room and put a knife to her neck and said, if you guys don't come home, I'm going to find you both and kill you. Jesus. I'm going to do this to you. Right? So... <clears throat> They went and filmed Jaws, her and her mother, and they actually stopped somewhere. I think it was maybe at her mother's uh, sister or brother's house on the way home. And he phoned them there and talked to the little girl, Judith, and said, Do you remember when I put that knife to your throat? This is going to happen if you guys don't come home. Just reminding you. So they cut their visit short and they went home. Fuck. What a shitty thing to say to... A little kid? A little kid. Yeah. Um, so, Maria, who is the mother in this situation, she eventually files a police report and says that Joseph punched her in the face and strangled her. The police found no evidence that they could find that this was true. So, Maria ultimately didn't press any charges on her husband. Maria eventually talks about filing divorce for a divorce. When Judith, who is the little girl, when her demeanor starts to change, and even this little girl's, um, like, manager, like her acting manager, yeah. uh, starts to notice things changing, um, <clears throat> it's recommended that they take this little girl to a psychologist. So they took her to a psychologist and within one meeting of a psychologist, this psychologist actually calls CPS, which is child protective services yep. on this family because this little girl is not okay. No. And, um, CPS unfortunately ultimately abandons this case so they didn't even go to the house oh jesus they made a phone call or two but when maria the mother expresses that she's starting the process of divorce and that her and this little girl will be living somewhere else shortly cps just abandons the case they figure it's taking it's being taken care of yeah so they actually never even went to the house. So on July 10th, 1988, Joseph follows Maria, the mother, when she leaves for the day. He follows her to an apartment that she had rented. And she, so she'd, a rent, she'd rented an apartment, like sneakily. Yeah. And she had started like casually and slowly like putting things in the apartment, but they hadn't moved there yet. Yeah. <clears throat> so they had somewhere to be so he followed her to this apartment and 
she lies to him and says she's helping a friend move in. But right after that, she cha she changes her mind and decides that she does not going to move to that apartment. She decides that her and this little girl have worked too hard for this house they live in. Yeah. So they don't want to leave. They want to make it so that the dad has to leave. And um, it is thought that... Uh, so after this, it is thought that Joseph found out about the idea that Maria was about to divorce him and leave him. And he wanted one last act of revenge. So when both Judith and Maria were sleeping, he went and got his gun. He shot and killed Judith, the child, first. Oh, and then he shot his wife in the head. Oh. Uh, Joseph stayed in the home with their bodies in it for two full days after he killed them and nobody really knows what he did but he was alive for two days in the house with them and a neighbor who was outside on july 27th which is two days after the murders um heard what was like a loud popping or an explosion explosion and then flames could be seen coming out of the house and when the police and the fire crew got there and stuff, they found um, Maria and Judith. Uh, Judith was in her bed still. The little girl was in her bed. That's oh, where she'd been. He shot her in her bed. In her sleep, yep. Jeez. And the mother was actually found in the hallway because she must have heard that and come out of the bedroom. Yeah. And that's where she that happened. And so they found those two, but they actually found the dad in the garage with a self-inflicted, like, gunshot wound. So he had hurt himself in the garage and had set some sort of fire shortly before that. Oh, and then he shot himself and, after. And the house went into flames, yeah. <clears throat> um, Jesus. So one of the most unfortunate things about this is... Um, the fact that Judith never, she never lived long enough to even witness two of her most successful things she did with acting. She never lived long enough to, uh, which one was it? Oh, she never got to even watch Land Before Time. Oh. She had no idea how famous and popular it was. And she didn't had no idea how many kids loved her character. Yeah. Because I remember Ducky. Yeah, me too. That was probably my favorite character. Yeah, it's sad. That is sad. She also never got to see herself do, uh, or it was her voice, right? Because he's yeah. animated it. She never got to see um, All Dogs Go to Heaven released. And that was hugely successful yep. when we were kids. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those. Yep. Huge. We were just talking about The Land Before Time the other day. Yeah, we were. Um, so there's a song in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven was released a year after she died. So she had died fairly close to after they'd completed that yeah right and you know it takes a while to edit and do all the finishing touches so all dogs go to heaven was um 
released a year after she died and there's a song in it called love survives and it was written in her memory and that's really sad huh that's crazy i didn't know that at all that's too bad that's very very sad yeah Hmm. Jeez. Yeah. And I watched a documentary about her and she had a like an actual ton of acting under her belt. She was really good at it and she was very cute and she was really charismatic and it's really sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The amount of things you were telling me she had been in just up to the age of uh, 10, 10 years old, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's a, a lot. She yeah. was obviously um, very successful and definitely really sought after. Yeah. Like, she was in other shows, like Punky Brewster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she was in Growing Pains, I'm pretty sure. And she was in a couple of other TV shows I recognized from back then. And she was in... Quite a few movies, like she was in one or two after school specials and other movies that were released and stuff. And she was in some pretty popular commercials like uh, McDonald's commercials and Campbell's Soup and like cereal oh, yeah. commercials like big and name stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, even the movies that uh, she was in that you've mentioned are, uh, well, movies and TV shows that you mentioned are, they're big name. Like they're pretty much anybody... In our age group would probably, for the most part, know. Yeah. Or at least heard of those. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. It's just very unfortunate that... Uh, it Well, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. Bad situations can happen to anybody and it's just... It's too bad. Oh, for, it absolutely is. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. Those were both really good. I really enjoyed those. I literally had no idea what you even wrote about. Yeah. Today, it was a uh, it was a uh, a surprise for me. So, it was it was those were both really good. I found those both really interesting. Uh, and the second one there, I didn't even know anything about that. Yeah. I think I casually told you the story one day in passing, but you were probably on your phone, yeah? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you probably did. It, my memory is just... Uh, Poop soup? It's a storage of uh, fart jokes. Cat videos. Cat videos, Xbox games. Yeah. <laughs> and um, not even necessarily what we ate for supper the no, night before. It never is, honey. Mine it's, isn't either. It's just... It's just mostly hot trash up in there. Yeah. All right, so. That's a wrap. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about little nerdy still, honey. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's, it's a wrap on ours, but um, yes, little nerdy. Uh, check them out. One of our top uh, favorite podcasts to listen to. Michelle and Owen, um, they bring to you nerd and geek culture, mm -hmm. and they do it in a very fun and interesting way. They're yeah. both uh, pretty funny. Um, 
they talk about uh, anime, uh, movies, games, um, history, history, uh, movies. I don't know if you said that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Board games. Yeah. Um, like Warhammer stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for the month of October, they're doing like darker themed things. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing kind of a, a spooktober type thing or. Yeah. Or uh, would they, but I, I just was uh, reading their episode today and I think they were uh, saying uh, spoopy, spoopy stories or oh. spoopy something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, check them out. They're on all major um, platforms. platforms. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and also check them out. One Friday a month, they do their debate without hate. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy listening to those. But yeah. Check them out. A new episode every Tuesday. Yeah. Debate Without Hate. It's our Fridays. Every one Friday a month. Yep. Not every Friday, Tori. I did it. You did do it. Um. Yeah. So that's a wrap for us. And please join us next Monday for some podcast, podcast and, and chill. chill.